Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Traders Akil Stokes here, and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Man, oh man, do I have a special episode for you today. If you've been a frequent follower of the podcast, and thank you if you are, the support has been amazing. We're, we're growing each and every day, each and every week. It is, uh, it's fantastic to see how many people, not just traders, how many people we are inspiring. But if you followed the podcast, you know that I, I did an episode talking about the moment, and, and moments are very important to me. Moments are kind of what you live for. If you don't want to, if you don't know what a moment is, a, a moment is it, it's it's a, a a point in time that you remember clearly. That point in time was so great, so magical, so important that you can bring back right. Your RAS has captured, and you can bring back every minute detail of that moment. Well, that's what we had this past week. On social media, I shared a post the other day just bringing up a simple question of what would you choose? And it gave four options. It gave the choice for $1 million straight cash. It gave the choice of being able to mentor the richest person in the world for three years. The choice of a coin flip opportunity at $200 million and the chance to get free travel for the rest of your life. And I thought it was just a, a cool opportunity to share. I always like asking questions to see where people's mind was, uh, minds are at. And the response was amazing. There were over 8,000 people that responded. And when I talked to my business partners, right, Jason Greystone and Darren uh, Oglesby, we all had different answers. And I thought to myself, we all typically think differently, but ultimately get to the same destination. So wouldn't it be great to, instead of just giving a podcast, sharing my opinion, to have a round table discussion with all three of the co-founders of tier one trading and let you guys see our opinions and difference of opinions. And well, what happened in this afternoon was that we went down an entirely different path than what I projected. I thought we were just going to come in, share our opinions on the answers, debate a little bit. Maybe someone gets punched. You know, um, we're pretty heated and then call it a day. But we went much deeper than that. We, we went much deeper than trading. We went much deeper than entrepreneurship. We went much deeper than business. We went to the root of becoming successful. And that all starts in your mind. And 
It's a long podcast episode, but before you get started, I recommend blocking out about an hour and a half of time, bringing out your pen and your paper and taking notes, right? Typically, you may want to listen to a podcast while at work or while in the gym doing something else. This is one where I want you to lock in. If you are serious about becoming successful and you want to know what it takes, Lock in on this podcast, right? Put yourself in a room, close the door, get your pen, get your paper, and get ready to enjoy a great discussion. All right, guys. So I brought you in here to discuss um, the post I did on social media today. If you guys remember, I know, Darren, you're not on social media a lot, but somehow you came across it. Yep. Um, my tertiary <laughs> ways. <laughs> your, your, bur- your burner accounts you have? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pitmaster ninety nine. Ah, I was wondering who that was. But <laughs> I wanted to get your opinion because I originally I was going to do a podcast on my own, just uh, lending my opinion. First of all, the response was amazing, guys. We had about eight thousand people respond to that question. And um, before I forget, I do want to give a big shout out to Steve Burns. He's a, a trader. He's a friend of all of ours. That. Um, we've had a good relationship over the past years and he caught on to the question. He said, Akil, let me share it with my community as well. And he shot it out there and just the discussion that was generated was amazing. Um, there were some very interesting answers, but there were also some, some answers that, that made you think as well. There were some angles that were taken that I know I personally wouldn't even have looked at. And that's what I, that's what I want to give our viewers today. I, I, I know each of us have a different opinion. We all think we... Our end game is the same when we think, um, but we all typically take different paths to get there. So I think it'll be good for our listeners just to hear the the different opinions, the different values, and well, why we chose what we chose. Uh, so we're gonna go in order, and uh, just as a reminder, three choices or the four choices were one million dollars, one million dollars, right? Straight cash, three years with the richest man on earth, a 50-50 chance, so a coin flip at $200 million and or or free travel for the rest of your life. Now, I'll tell you what, I, I asked you before you get into it, I asked your dad about this earlier, Darren. Mm-hmm. He said the free travel wouldn't do me that well. He said, I'm already getting up there in age, so he chose a, a different answer. <laughs> but I think it provides a good perspective on how there's no wrong or right answer. It, it's all situational. It's all where are we at in our life right now and, and where do we want to go? And then also um, just what we value because we all value different things and I, and I think that's okay. Um, mm. So let's start with the 1 million and we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Darren since we've been talking about you. What all was right. your take on um, straight $1 million, right? Tax-free, no strings attached, boom. So let me, let me kind of backtrack. Um, I actually found out about this post that you made because I was driving around um, with my wife and she had pulled it up on Facebook and she saw it and she was like, Hey, Akil just post this really interesting question. And she ran through all of them. And, uh, you know, I, I immediately came to mind. I knew which one I would pick, but as I was going back through later in the day, I started to think about what would make people pick one over the other. And <clears throat> one of my honest assumptions of the people that would pick the 1 million is I initially thought that those people were not risk takers um, because obviously it's a guaranteed outcome, right? That's what you're getting. You're getting an immediate reward and you're getting a guaranteed outcome. Yep. And so I thought that I, 
I assumed that those people were kind of nearsighted, right? But I wanted to kind of explore that a bit. So I went back and I looked at the original post and I started looking at what people said when they chose that. It wasn't like, I'm going to pick number, I'm going to pick 1 million and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a boat and a house and a Ferrari. It was, I mean, the overwhelming common response for those people was I'm going to take that money and I'm going to invest it. I'm going to go buy a business or I'm going to purchase a franchise. I'm going to spend it on financial education and try to grow it. And so what I initially thought was like a weakness in that, that personality type that would go towards that choice, I think is actually more or less a confidence in their own ability to grow it. Now, I'll, I'll tell you what, if, if, let me pause you for a second because we, we can't just pass over this chance to do like a little humble brag. I think that says a lot about just the community that we work with that they even have that mindset. Because I, I think, like you said, mo most people would originally think that, oh, safe, easy, boom, that's it. But to see people out there, like you mentioned, have the wheels kind of churning and say, okay, I, I would take this million, but here's how I would grow it into the 200 million. I think that just says a lot about the quality of really trader person friends that we, that we have, whether it's uh, people that we work with directly or just people that follow us in our community over uh, on social media. So mm -hmm. I, I, I was excited about that, to be honest with you. I didn't expect it as well. Yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. And I think you mentioned uh, the statistics on where people fell. The, taking the one million was one of the, it was the largest, was it not? Yeah, it was. Um, let me just read this for you. There was about 40% uh, went with the one million. Yeah, 40%. So almost almost half. Yeah, and that, that's, that's, that's pretty surprising to me. Um, I'll give you a little bit of, of background as to why that wasn't my personal choice. And really it goes to your perception of money. Um, I know many years ago um, as a newlywed, uh, before I had kids and all that type of stuff, it was the first time I started looking at a life insurance policy. And, you know, you go out there and they, they show you what plans you've got and $500,000 policy, million dollar policy and on up. And I thought, Initially, I was like, I'm going to get a million dollar policy because if, if, you know, if I die, then my wife's going to have everything she needs to, you know, live a comfortable life. <clears throat> but the minute you start going through and you start calculating what life costs these days, and you're going to purchase a house and you got to pay for, you know, kids tuition, and you got living expenses, all of a sudden a million dollars doesn't seem like a whole lot of money. And so I think if you are, if you're fresh out of college, you, you, you haven't worked in the real world a whole lot, you haven't really handled money and amounts, you know, your, your paycheck is 1500 bucks a month or something like that. Once you start to experience money on a different level, then it kind of changes your perception on it. And so I kind of went through that transformation, you know, a while ago. So when I, when I hear a million dollars, that doesn't like necessarily pique my interest. It's not that I wouldn't, you know, like to have a million dollars right now in cash that, that that's great. But in terms of something that, that really catches my eye, um, a million dollars didn't really do it. And so, it also comes down to, it goes back to that confidence. Like a lot of people believe that they'd be able to take a million dollars and turn it into 10 million or 20 million or 30 million. And I look at it as the ability to generate a million dollars these days, it's, it's easier than it's ever been, right? We look at the United States alone, like 43% of the world's millionaires live in the United States. And I saw, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, right? And I read a statistic that, 80% of the millionaires that live in the United States are first generation wealthy, which means they didn't inherit it from their parents or their grandparents. It's like they're the ones that went out and started the new business or, you know, got a good job and was saving money, investing it. 
And so I see the likelihood of being able to earn a million dollars is something that is very much within range. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's why I didn't, didn't jump at that option. That's uh, that, that's interesting. What you said about the, um, just the perspective of a million dollars and how much it's, it's really worth and how that changes based on your situation. Um, I know Jason Greystone's been been writing a book lately. Uh, we were just giving him a little, teasing him a little bit about getting getting the deadline done, <laughs> very hard deadline on himself, and uh, he's he's basically complete, which is pretty cool. And he asked me to think about my story a little bit while he was writing the book, and, and I was going back to when I first got out of college, and I was making thirty thousand dollars, and I felt like the richest dude in the world. $30,000 a year, right? I had, there, there were no commitments, no family. Um, that was more money than I know what to do with. And you, you look back at it now and, you know, all of us have family, all of us have, uh, you know, you guys have two kids. I'm about to have my second. $30,000 doesn't, uh, doesn't get the job done at all. Um, <laughs> so it really, yeah, it, it's, it's funny how that perspective changes on, on how much money really is as you kind of grow into it and, and get used to it. And that's a whole other thing about like the, the value of happiness and stuff like that. But um, it is interesting. What, what, what was your take on that one, um, Jason? Absolutely. I, I, I agree 100% with you. It's, it's situational specific, obviously. So, you know, many people think that they could just take a million pounds. Um, but if they're not educated on how to spend it, because the thing is, people don't become wealthy through how much money they accumulate. It's how they spend their money. I was talking, you know, just before we started here about the Mike Tyson story, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy had $300 million that he just, you know, spanked. And um, even, if he, even if he blew $200 million of that and invested $100 million at 10% a year, you know, that's... 10 million pound income a year. So I just think it's, it's, it's a lot to do with how you spend it. People think they want a million dollars, but you know, it'll be gone before you know it. And, and if you don't spend wisely or invest wisely, then your chances are, I mean, statistics say that you, you are going to blow that money. It's, it's, so yeah, that wouldn't have been my choice personally, just because of the position that I'm in. And I agree with Darren, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't quite cut it these days. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I'm going to feel bad about myself from the, the kid in the, the back of the, the class holding his hand up very hesitantly. <laughs> that was, uh, that was my choice. <clears throat> that was my choice. But I'll, I'll tell but I, I, I was very close to, and here, here's what's, um, I feel less bad because you, I thought you guys were going to bash me. I was going to go to a whole rant about, well, it, it's, if you know how to use it, it's not just taking the safe way out. So I'm glad you guys agree on that. Um, but as I was thinking about it, I, I don't think it's the best choice. It is my choice, and it's going to sound a little hypocritical to say that. It is my choice, and I, but I don't think it's the best choice. And it has a lot to do with not only trust in myself, but how I operate. And I'll take you down a little psychological path because, it, you know, I always try to avoid psychology as much as I can. I've got some mommy issues, and, and she was a a psych professor, so I've always tried to avoid those subjects, and lo and behold, I always try to avoid math as well, and now I'm a, a trader and a trading coach that teaches people how to trade the markets and, and <laughs> handle their psychology. Isn't that funny? how that works? <laughs> I, I, I swear, I, 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 I switched my major in college from economics and whatnot, um, business to something else. I never took a psych class in college because of that, and now I'm right back into it, so I mean, karma. <laughs> but I was, I was having a um, dinner with my wife the other day and she has this habit where she leaves like a little 
little morsel of like food on her plate. Like the whole plate will be clean. It'll be like a little piece of chicken. And I walk past it and I'm like, like, why? Just eat it. Just like pop it into your mouth real quick. And I get the response where it's like, well, I, I can't eat the chicken unless I have, uh, you know, more pasta. And for me, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, I, and we went down the psychological thing about how that has to do with kind of your living habits as well. So without throwing my wife under the bus, I'm the exact opposite. When I eat, right, <laughs> if I have food, right, if I have protein, I have pasta and, and green beans, let's say, I eat each of them individually at once, right? My wife mixes them. She takes a little bit of chicken, dips it in the pasta and whatnot. <laughs> I, I finish the entire chicken first, and then I go to the pasta, and I go to the green beans. And we were talking about how, to, how that really reflects your life. And, and my wife is someone that she starts a lot of tasks at once, but then has trouble kind of finishing them, where I'm more of a, a task completionist, right? I, I start one, and I have to go all in on that one and finish it before I can move on to the next. And that's one of the reasons why I chose the million dollars. If you were to ask me this question maybe four years ago, my answer would be completely different. But right now I have a specific task when it comes to real estate that I want to complete. And having that sure thing puts me in position to basically, not fully, but put in a big chunk of completing that task. So it's really situational in my case. Again, it's one where I know it's not, I don't want to say the right answer because there's no wrong answer. I know it's not the best answer for me, but in this specific situation, I would take that. I would take that million. And like you said, I have a plan for it. I already have a plan on how to invest it. I know the market right now, um, at least where I'm living, uh, demand is very, 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 very high. Um, it's a perfect time to either be buying and holding for renting and you guys know my story about finding uh, 50,000 and under uh, properties and, and renting them out for you know, a, a good steady income. It's a, it's a good market to do that. It's a good market to buy and flip. And it would allow me to achieve those, those real estate goals that I want to achieve right now. And you know, again, when it comes to task completion, I've always, I've always been that way of investing. I'm the type that if I want to do something, I'll run up all types of credit card debt and all types of loan debt, <clears throat> excuse me, complete the task, and then my next task will be reducing that debt and then that cycle continues and we go back and forth. But I think just knowing myself, at least I feel better knowing there's a reason why I'm choosing that answer. And if you do have a plan for it, um, that's a lot different than just taking the safe way out and saying, well, I'm just scared of everything else, so I'm, I'm going to do it uh, out of default. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And I think that's an interesting point that you mentioned having a plan for it. And that's, again, that's something that I noticed in the comments of people that chose, the, you know, that option is that when they, when they replied back, it wasn't like, yeah, I'm just going to take the, the, the 1 million. It was like, I'm going to take the 1 million and then I'm going to pay off my debt. I'm going to pay off my student loans. Then I'm going to, you know, invest this much into, you know, safe haven accounts. I'm going to invest this into risky assets. And it's like, they had a very systematic way of, 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 you know, allocating that money. And so it's, they're very detail-oriented, I would say, and that seems to be right in line with what you were saying uh, just now. Yeah, and what's interesting, I don't, I don't want to get too far off topic, but it's, it, it's great to see that plan because we, we work in an industry where a lot of people, it, it's the exact opposite. It's always surprised to see that answer too. Um, I can't tell you how many times Jason probably gets an email or, excuse me, reads a comment online where, you know, we, we teach people how to invest and, 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 and trade and control their financial um, situation. And we get comments all the time of people that are just like, I'm just going to do it and make a million bucks right away mm -hmm. with no plan on how to do it. And 
So I, so I found a little bit interesting that we didn't see more of that come through. Yeah. Um, I really, I really thought we would. Um, yeah. But interesting. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of people, it's funny because through my journey, I got told that I got to a point where I was, you know, really hammering through my business and, and sort of self-development and, mm -hmm. you know, I had my eyes fixed on where I wanted to go to. And people start to say to you things like, you know, you're so, you're money orientated, you know, you're, you're almost calling you like greedy or selfish, right? And like um, it's a negative. <laughs> like, it's a, like it's a negative, right? But here's the thing. Most of the people that said that to me, if, if I was to ask them, how much money would you want? They, they would say something like, uh, I don't know, you know, just half a million pound would be nice. That would do. But what they don't, what they don't realize is the different mindsets because to me if you're just asking for half a million pound that's very very that's only going to solve the problems for you and your direct family mm -hmm. that's not mm -hmm. enough to solve bigger problems and to me that's selfish right so, so if someone just says oh, I, i'll do with a half a million pound well you know that's to me i think if i if i can develop the skills to generate a lot more uh, and reach a lot more people and and partner with a lot more people i can w reach a bigger audience and and solve a much bigger problem and then um you know then who's selfish <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree it's it's you know I, our, our listeners notice a little bit and you guys notice but you know with me you know people ask you know akil why why are you so in on real estate versus you know taking that million dollars and say putting it into a trading account where you can get a, a bigger return and we've, we've always had good discussions on generational wealth. I know you have a lot of videos, um, Jason does, I know Darren, you do this too, about teaching your children the value of money and how to use it. Yeah. And I know one of the things why I like real estate is because, you know, regardless, of, trading is a skill and it is our skill. We, we, we all happen to be good at it. It doesn't necessarily mean that our children will be good at it or interested in it. Um, but when you have something like real estate, and, and this is just going on the, the subject of, of doing more, not being selfish, you have something like real estate. My, my longer term mindset was always to set up a portfolio that I can pass down to my family members. So when my kid is old and his grandkids are old, you know, whether they want to actively be involved in it or not, they have something that is producing them basically or creating generational wealth for them. Of course. And, so when you, like you said, when you put it in that perspective, it's selfish to ask for only enough for, for you yeah. with no plan on how to help others as, as well. Exactly. So good chat. Let, let's get on to the next one. And the next one, um, we're, going, we're just going to go left, right, was spend three years with the richest person in the world. Now, this is very important. Reading through the comments, I, I saw a lot of people choosing rich people or choosing specific people. It's a very specific person. It is the richest person in the world. So it can't be who you want it to be. It has to be the one person. If I'm not mistaken, that should be Jeff Bezos, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. The richest. So it, that's who you're spending your three years with. And uh, this was surprising. Um, we, we essentially did two polls on this. And initially, with kind of the smaller sample size, there was about a 28% vote for this uh, for this option, which, which I thought was fair. I mean, that, that's more than a quarter, there's three choices. Um, however, once we opened it up to a larger vote, the total was only 6%. Mm. 
Well, and, and I guess my question to you, we'll, we'll start off with, uh, with, with Darren again. Why do you think that is? What, what, not only just the drop, are people just not valuing it? Or, you know, what, what do you think it's so low? You know, it's, I, it's a good question. I don't know that I'd necessarily have the answer to it. Um, when, I, when I look at that question, I try to think about what are they really getting in value? Or what are the people that choose that option? What are they really trying to accomplish? Because I don't think anybody picked that, the, the, you know, hang out with the richest person in the world for three years because they needed a buddy. You know, there's, I think there are deeper um, ideas behind that. And I think what it comes down to is that people know that if you want to achieve a higher level, or if you want to achieve success, then it's smart to put yourself around people who have achieved already what you want to accomplish. Right. Yes. And so I think that's what people are when you, when you choose that option, you're thinking, okay, if I can associate with this person on a close level for the next three years, there's going to be a massive amount of knowledge and experience that I'm going to gain from that. And then I can parlay that knowledge and experience into achieving my desired outcome. Right. I, I think I would be, I think that's a, a correct assessment. Would yep. you, wouldn't you guys agree? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So then the question is, can you, you know, will you obtain the knowledge or experience that you need? And then if you do attain that, will you be able to execute that information or execute that experience in a way that allows you to achieve your desired outcome? And I think that's where, that's where my, uh, that's where I kind of draw the line with it is I don't know that I would actually achieve some secret information that I could only get from that person, right? Like I, I don't know that there's necessarily some top secret thing that Jeff Bezos knows um, that allowed him to become the richest man in the world. Now, I could be wrong, and that might be why he's the richest man and I'm not. Um, but you know, I've been studying. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe he does, and he's laughing at me as he listens to this podcast. I, you know, whatever. He might have the last word. But I've been studying wealthy people for a long, long time, right? And I find that there are, there might be, you know, minute differences between them, but they all, they all tend to, um, they kind of, they have similar characteristics or they say certain things about, hey, this is what helped me succeed. And I actually pulled up a video I found of, of Bezos talking about some of that stuff. And he talked about the same things that I heard, you know, Warren Buffett or uh, uh, Bill Gates. They, they all talk about the same things. It's, you, you take risks, you know, you can't skip steps. Um, there, there's a process towards success. It doesn't come overnight. You got to be persistent. You're going to have failures and you got to push through them. And so I look at that stuff and I'm like, okay, well, would I really gain, you know, some type of special knowledge from that experience that I wouldn't be able to, to get otherwise. And I guess I, I feel like I wouldn't. So I, that's kind of why I steered away from it, but maybe I, I know Greystone, you've, you've got a bit of a different uh, perspective on this one. Yeah. I mean, I, going back to Akil's question, why he thinks, the six percent, um, you know, it's such a low turnout of of of, uh, of choice there, and I think you're right. It, it's it's because it's the the most difficult. It requires the most input from you to go and leverage and and it and you know the, the accountability because you've actually got to do something. So people can't trust themselves to actually go and use that to the best of their advantage. They want something that's done. For them, and if you can't see uh, the the power, and you've never leveraged uh, this type of scenario to your uh, to use it for your own success, then you wouldn't know. So it's obviously going to be um, a low answer. 
so, but for me, from my perspective, this is something that I have had uh, first-hand experience with, and it absolutely um, was contributed to tripling, quadrupling uh, my wealth. So, first of all, the, the the it was rich person for three years. Uh, <laughs> if it's rich person or rich people or wealthy person, in this example that we're using, it just happens to be Jeff Bezos, which is. Mm -hmm. He's wealthy as well, right? If it was just a rich person, but a very specific person too, yeah. A very yeah, because I I know lots of rich people that are stressed as hell, you know, because they're, they're, <laughs> they're just they're no better off than the paperboy down the road because they just mm -hmm. got crap spending habits. But um, it's all about for me. Uh, this is firsthand, and and it's all about being around those people because environment uh, dictates performance. So you, you if you can pick up habits. Uh, and you can develop good habits like not watching TV and instead setting your alarm for early, get up early, you know, do get productive. Um, you're going to, you're just generally going to have better results anyway. Um, then there's the information from them on their journey and what didn't work. You, you guys know that I'm always a massive fan of asking what doesn't work. I never actually ask what does work. I always say, why didn't you do that? You know, why aren't you doing that? Why did you change from doing that? I remember bugging a kill back mm -hmm. in the day. Like, <laughs> you know, why, why don't you do that anymore? Why you and I'm a big fan of asking what doesn't work. But again, you're going to have to ask the right questions, which then leaves it down to you, which is not attractive. And if you haven't seen the benefits of this type of thing before, it's not going to be the best, uh, the most attractive answer. <clears throat> um, and then, of course, there's access to their contacts. You know, if, if you could have access to their contacts or they could put you in touch with people, investors, all the rest of it. Um, but to get to that point, you have to ask the right questions. You have to, you know, um, you have to be in a position. You still have to get to a position to present yourself so that, when you get that one shot, that you can leverage it and make the most of it. Um, because if you don't, and you're just hanging around them and eating their free food and going home and watching TV every night, <laughs> then you're, you're not, you're not going to get anything out of it. You'll just have a nice friend after three years, and he'll be on his yacht, and you'll just be in your <laughs> bed sit still. So, you know, I think the reason it's such a low turnout on the answer is because, purely because it requires the most effort and the result is a bit, you know, it's, it's a bit risky. You might, you may or may not get anything from it, but I can tell you from my point of view, partnerships um, and getting out there and networking and, you know, connecting with people is the biggest, it has been the fastest accelerator uh, to my own personal wealth. Um, and that's why you see me out there, you know, I was with Hassan the other day <laughs> interviewing Hassan. I'm, I'm very much, you know, get out and meet people because, you know, you never know when uh, they can scratch your back. But yeah, hang around with the, hang around with the richest people, um, find out what doesn't work from them, copy what they do, um, as long as they haven't got poor spending habits, and then put yourself in a position where when the moment comes, you can just strike. You know, Akil talks about always training to be ready for a marathon, uh, or if someone rings him up, I rang him up last uh, November and said, Akil, do you want to run 1,100 kilometers in November? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he was ready for it, right? <laughs> he was like, of course. And I was like, well, don't you want to train? And he's like, no, I'm ready. <laughs> That's the sort of situation I'm talking about. Right, because by the time you spent three years with the richest person, if you're not in a position by then to go right, if an opportunity comes knocking at my door, I am the best person to uh, to take this thing by the horns. 
There's no point. There's no point. You know, Grayson, I think that's actually a, an excellent point is the idea that fortune favors those who are prepared, right? And I think, I think if you asked, you know, Bezos, Gates, Buffett, any of those guys, they would say when they started out, they didn't start out knowing that they're going to be in the position that they're in now, right? Nope. But they were they were prepared. They did the work. They you know, they put in the effort in the beginning. They didn't skip steps. So that way, when the opportunity came, they were in a position to actually take advantage of it. And yeah. I think that's what you're saying there is that if if you're not if you're not willing to put forth the effort, if you're not willing to get yourself to the point um, where you'll actually be able to execute if given the opportunity, then it really doesn't matter what you have access to. We see that a lot with traders. Um, yeah, you know, we we could give we could give a trader a system that wins ninety five percent of the time, and you put it in the hands of a lot of people, and they'll blow the, they'll blow their account. You're like, how could how could that possibly be? <laughs> well, it's because they haven't done their due diligence. They haven't gone and back tested it. They haven't developed their reticular activating system. They haven't mastered their own you know trading psychology. Yeah. And so, even if you give them the best tools in the world, if they haven't put forth the effort and they haven't you know done what's required, then it doesn't matter because they're going to end up you know failing anyway. Yeah, and it's it, absolutely. And hanging around with the rich people, it's about asking the right questions. So, uh, for me, if you it, well put it this way, if you spent three years with a rich person just asking how you could do it quicker, you know, how can I do it a bit quicker? How can I do it a bit quicker? Is there a quicker way to do it? It's a bit like us with the trading, right? Akil was talking earlier about there's lots and lots of different trading coaches out there, but guess what? There's lots and lots of different martial arts out there, and they've all got a black belt, right? They've all got a black belt. But if you tried to do Wing Chun and uh, Jiu Jitsu and Karate and Judo and Krav Maga all at once, it's going to take you forever to get to the black belt. You're, at some point, you're going to have to focus, hone in and ask the right questions on one. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to, you're just going to end up in the abyss. It's going to take you forever to get to where you want to go. And it's exactly the same with the people we teach at trading, that shiny object syndrome. So for me, it's about asking the right questions as well with that rich person. Otherwise, it's just no good. Now, I, I think I may have taken this one a little bit too literal um, <laughs> because I mentioned before, I, I kind of go all in. And like you guys, I've had mentors. Um, and I remember my, my first business mentor, uh, he was a guy that actually got me into both real estate investing and the stock market. And I, I would literally go to him and just sit in his office for like eight hours a day. And like you said, I, I would just fly on the wall. Um, I would ask a few questions, but really I would just watch. And, and what is he doing? Ask, why are you doing this? And kind of study his habits. And I, I think that's, I think that's more valuable than what people think because one of my, one of my first, uh, this wasn't the answer I chose. I, I obviously shamefully told you my answer. Um, but one <laughs> One of, one of the things that first came to my mind is who is the richest person? I was pretty sure it was Bezos, but I wasn't sure because it really depends who it is. Um, for me, if, if I'm looking for quote unquote mentorship and you want to have someone that is, and this, these are my initial thoughts, you want to have someone that's in your field, someone that you can relate to, someone that, someone that you can immediately take the information from and kind of translate it into what you're doing. Now, again, that, that's very situational. We have been through, we've all been through mentorship. We're all at a point in our career where we're not settling by any means, but we have developed those same good habits. Um, for someone that is newer, that maybe hasn't gone down that path yet, it's going to be very important. But I, I like what you said, Jason, about it doesn't have to be mentorship. 
it's, huh? it can just be a study. Like you don't have to have because what if Bezos is is, is busy? What if he if you you have the person we don't know him personally? He seems like a fun guy, right? He's always having fun at the Clippers games. But what if he's a type of person who's just not going to take you under his wing? He's like, look, just I'm just gonna I'm busy. I'm gonna do my thing. My intern will tell you what it needs. Is that the same value? And after your comment, at first I thought no, but after your comment, it it, it could be because, like I said, it's simply watching for for someone that's getting into the game, simply watching and observing and, and maybe every once in a while, just, Hey, just want to, why didn't you do that? Yep. That can have a, a massive amount of value as well. So I know you just opened up my eyes to that because again, I, I was thinking, you know, just like, uh, you know, again, we had a, we had a trader the other day on our, on our um, site who mentioned uh, a pretty famous uh, stock trader who he had taken a course from. And this guy is a tremendous trader, but he said his mentorship was horrible. Um, so my, my initial thought was that it does make a difference, but you kind of open my eyes to viewing it in a different way. Hmm. But going back to my literal sense, and here's one of the reasons I, I didn't choose it. Um, again, not only have I had mentors, that doesn't, that's not an excuse not to always seek new mentorship. Kind of like, kind of like Darren said, um, you know, I, I don't value what I would pick up from that person in, in, in specifically compared to some of my other options. Um, but literally I was thinking if I'm going to go all in, if I'm going to treat it again, like my first mentor, where I spend eight hours a day in his office, I've got to move out to California. Now, California is nice, but at this point where, you know, I've got a wife and kids, I don't, I have no intentions of relocating. I have no intentions of kind of leaving my family for that long. Three years is a long time. And that is, you know, I don't know if I'm, if I'm digging too deep into it, but that's something that I took into account just where I'm at right now in my family situation and, and having a young son that's three years old, having a, a kid on the way any, any day now, really. Um, right now, my value, especially with how much I work, is trying to spend as much time with them as possible, especially at this younger age. Um, so I, I did take that into account when yeah, it's uh, a good point. When, when thinking about yeah. it. That is a good point. I, I, I kind of came down that literal avenue as well, and I thought about take a minute to really stop and think about what comes with being the richest man in the world. Oh, like man. everybody thinks about it in terms of, oh, man, I could buy anything and do anything I want. Dude, that guy, I guarantee you, is dealing with stress that most people can't begin to fathom. Um, you always got somebody gunning for you. You're always a target. Um, you're always in the spotlight. Um, how many people would want to be uh, Zuckerberg sitting in front of a committee of senators and congressmen as they just rip you a new one? He like, had to put a suit on, man. If you really look at what is required of those guys and what they do, um, I don't think most people would be willing to sacrifice or take on the responsibility and risk that, that is required of them. Um, and that's one thing that I really considered is like, do, would I want to hang out with this person with the intent of being able to learn and duplicate what they've done? I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to duplicate what he's done. I don't want to be him. I don't want to have what he has um, because I look at the totality of what's required from that position. Um, so yeah, I, I looked at it from a literal stance as well, Gil. And, and I'll tell you what, one of the, and, and Jason touched on this a lot about not having a plan in place. There's a massive difference for the person, just like the investment subject, there's a massive difference for the person that has a plan in place on 
how to take advantage of that opportunity for those uh, than those who don't. You know, when Jason talked, he, he said exactly, hey, this is what I would do. This is what I would go in looking to get. This is how I would really just treat the entire three years. I saw a lot of responses that are just really nonchalantly, oh yeah, of course, I'd hang out with the, the richest man in the world for three years because by association, I would be rich as well. It's like, it, it doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, like, 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 can you be any more, and I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone out there, but you've got to be an idiot if you think that by just hanging out with the richest man in the world that you automatically become rich. Because guess what? After three years, you're back where you started if you don't have a plan. You're unless exactly where you started with maybe maybe some good pictures for social media. Yeah. Unless, you, unless you're Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, if you're willing to go down that path, you know, then you can, you can get a book deal out of it. But uh, you know, keep this one clean. <laughs> oh, no, no pun intended there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but you're right. It's like I I think I think the reason it's so low is because deep down most people don't have a plan on how they would take advantage of it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there's, if we get 20, again, we get 8,000 votes with so a lot of people. If, if we had 20 people and, you know, I would say maybe a quarter of them actually know right now, like, hey, I'm hungry. I've been working. I'm just waiting for my chance. I'm, I'm fully prepared or, or I would make myself fully prepared to take advantage of this opportunity for what happened. And those are the people that are going to be successful. We see that a lot with trading because we take a different approach in our coaching than most people, right? Most of the stuff on the internet is, you know, fancy cars, get rich quick, blah, blah, blah. We've taken the transparent and realistic approach and it, it may, is it a good, a good business model or not? Who knows? Who really cares? That's not our main, our main job. But we try to tell people the reality of what it takes. And it's not sexy. Just like Darren said, how many people would do it if you told them you're going to have, it's going to be hectic. It's going to be this. You got to deal with that. Deal with that. Yeah. Same thing with our trading, right? It's going to take work. You're I was gonna, thinking exactly the same, Kill. You're going to take at least two years, a year at least minimum, before yeah. you will probably start to actually make any profit. If you break even after your first two years, you're doing good. People don't want to hear that because it's not easy, and it, and it makes them shy away back to the get-rich-quick stuff. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it, it, it filters out the people that are going to be successful and the people that go in with a plan for it that know exactly how they're going to use it, how they're going to take advantage of every bit of those three years and then convert that knowledge and convert those new habits back to their business or, or use the, um, you know, the contacts. Those are the people that are going to end up being massively successful. Yeah. So the 6% doesn't surprise me because realistically, when, when we talk about the pillars of success, what is it? It's only your top, your top 10% within that, maybe your top 5% that actually achieve those levels that a lot of people want to achieve so it's 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 interesting yeah what i've really found really interesting about all three answers is the the biggest success comes out of all three when you put the majority of the investment back into yourself yes yes (laughs) it's it's, yourself it's not others yeah yeah yeah. on all three answers like you're investing into real estate to make money out of real estate if you're if you're hanging around the richest person it's you that's got to make the most of yourself the opportunities that you that that you you swing by every day um and it's something you've got to do it's it's not external it's all in you yeah now i I wonder i wonder what the answer would be if it was like if you can choose one person you hang out with instead of just the richest person wonder wonder how that would be you you, you. 
you know what? Look, I'll, I'll give you my address if you want to. If you want to mail me a check, you know, we can make that happen. Uh, I couldn't put. I, I don't have the attention span to put up with someone for for three years, man. That's, that's why I stopped doing the the one on one mentorship, man. I, I'm like, I don't want you in my life for that long to teach you how to trade. You understand? It's going to take you at least ninety days. I don't want to see you every day for three months. I'm I'm, I'm killing our sales, guys. Sorry. It's, it's true. That's the that's the introvert in you talking. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I just. I, yeah. Who would yeah. you choose? Who would you choose? <laughs> if it was one person, who would I choose? Man, that is. Uh, you know, I'd have to. I'd have to look around. The the, the stock answer is Warren Buffett. The yeah, stock. Of course. Of, yeah. Um. Just. I, just because I, I think. Yeah, that's the stock answer. Um. I don't know. I, I'd have. I'd have to put some thought. I, I don't get. I don't think I want to be dude, that dude. That dude's for three eighty-seven years. years old, man. Like. I know he's going to go. The odds of him hanging out with you for three years are pretty, pretty slim at this point. Uh, you might only get one half out of that. <laughs> you better work quick. What about real? What about real estate, Akil? Hold on. News break. Darren. Darren says Warren Buffett's going to die within the next three years. All right. <laughs> there you go. That'll, that'll get this podcast some motion. <laughs> There's your headline. Um, real estate. You know, Grant, I, Grant Cardone. Yeah, no, 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 not, not, nothing against Greg Cardone, just not my personality type wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't we'd end up fighting, we'd end up, it'd be like that, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know, um, I, 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 I didn't really, aside from the personal mentor that I, hung, I you know what, here, here's the answer, it's going to be soft, uh, my mentor died two years ago, great man, this guy has a story, he was at the Battle of Dunkirk, he was, paralyzed after the war had it was like a Forrest Gump story it was like I got paralyzed after the war I came back I started working with Jews and these Jews used to party like no one's business and me and these Jews we took the money and we built all this real and crazy story and, and one of my main goals before he passed was I wanted to interview him and write a book um, and that's one of my biggest regrets that I never took the time so focused on selfishly myself mm-hmm. never took the time to really take all of his stories and, and put it into a book but if I had a choice, I'd bring him back for three years. Um, this guy was amazing. He got to the point where his body was failing. He's like 95 years old. It happens. Yeah. But his mind was sharp as ever. And I remember going in. He's like in a wheelchair. He's, you know, he's, he can't really move. And he's like, he's like come here. Come here, Black. He called me Blackie, right? He's an old <laughs> racist white man, right? It was awesome, though. Like fun, a fun racist, right? We're too serious these days. Fun racist. <laughs> like, I wish I had your dark skin complexion. Wouldn't burn so easily in the sun. It's, it's a great guy. But he would come. He would, he would bring me in. And he would like whisper this fantastic investment advice, whether it's real estate um, or just in the markets. And he'd be like, you got to watch gold in two years. And then I might just go back. And then like two years later, boom. <laughs> He's like, did you buy some gold? I'm like, no. He's like, I told you. So I would, I would bring him back just because I'm not as knowledgeable about, I'm not as knowledgeable about anyone else. And I think he would be a good mentor for my son as well. So that's, that's who I bring back. That's the soft, mushy stuff for me, guys. Awesome. But uh, going on, right, get out of this mushy stuff. The next question was, ooh, talking about risk, right? A 50-50 chance, a coin flip, a coin that cannot be flipped by yourself, because many of you, if you're like me, you mastered the art of making a coin land on whatever side you want it to. That's how I made some money in elementary school. Um, but a 50-50 chance at two hundred million dollars graystone we'll start with you this time okay for me uh 50 50 the, the the problem is with this is everything i've done in my life every opportunity <laughs> i've taken every single piece of leverage every opportunity that's come my way 
the odds have always been slightly in my favor. So therefore, the risk is taken care of long term. So if I've got a 50-50 flip on 200 million, um, I guess it depends what you're, what you're risking for that 200 million. Um, well, I guess it's, it's, is it, is it, and I had this debate, is it, is it risk or no risk? Because in, in, in reality, I guess it would be no risk because you're not losing anything. But it's also opportunity cost. Because yes, that's what it is. It's in, risk in, versus opportunity yeah. cost. Yeah. Because in this scenario, you have three other choices, which are, they're, they're guaranteed, not guaranteed. I mean, I guess the million, they're not guaranteed success, but they're, they're guaranteed options. So it is opportunity costs with, and I know Darren will touch on that later. So I'll, I'll stop, but yeah, it's, it, well, yeah. okay. Well, assuming that, I mean, amassing a 200 million pound fortune in overnight um, is going to give you, <laughs> is going to give you more problems than you, than you, than you thought there would ever be. Um, it, unless you've, unless you've organically grown uh, that, that wealth and maybe you've already got hundreds of millions. If you haven't got hundreds of millions, you've got nothing and you amass 200 million, you're going to have problems that you don't know how to deal with because there is stuff that you learn uh, as you organically grow your wealth um, that you just aren't educated on. So one thing is problems from not having enough money and there's obviously a lot of problems for having too much money and if you're un undereducated on how to use that money in such a short space of time, I think you're going you're gonna to struggle. So it, so it sounds like, and this is um, for any sports nerds out there, ESPN did a great series called 30 for 30 um, where they, they kind of talked about the academic epidemic of like professional athletes going broke. So are you thinking around the same, the yeah. same type of path where it's like many of these athletes have come from nothing. They, they, they've never I heard an interview at church the other day of this guy that if they, if they asked him beyond dirt poor and they asked him if he could have anything in the world, what would it be? And he said a pillow. Like that's how poor he was. He just wanted a pillow so he can sleep comfortable at yeah. night. Yeah. And he eventually made it to the NFL. So you go from dirt poor to millions and millions of dollars, and I'm just trying to see if that's the path you're going where, where it's like you suddenly have this accumulation of wealth, you don't know how to use it, people take advantage of it, and you just, it basically backfires yeah, on you. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me put it into perspective. If, I, if over the period of 10 years or 20 years, I accumulated 200 million through hard work, you know, building a, a business and building a network of people, um, the people around you see what you're doing and you're growing and everyone's aware of what you're doing, you're growing, you might lose a couple of friends here and there. If you just amass 200 million overnight, you've got tax problems, you've got people asking you for money, you've got people who, uh, you know, your closest relatives you're probably going to fall out with, family, um, it just puts you in a situation where if, you, if you're not prepared to deal with it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying if you're not educated and you haven't organically built up the skills and the knowledge of how to deal with that much money overnight it's going to cause a lot of problems and that stems from the lack of financial education I'm yes of course of course people not being taught or having the experience i guess it's you got to be taught before you would, you would want to be taught before having the experience not not knowing how to handle it um absolutely yeah putting a big gun in your hand and not knowing how to use it yeah yeah. Well, we, we see that a lot. Akil, you mentioned that happens a lot with uh, you know, athletes and that type of thing. We also hear about stories from, you know, people that win the lottery and they win $200 million and the dude's completely broke within two or three years. And, uh, you know, a lot of that comes down to poor spending habits before they got the money. 
So mm-hmm. they think, you know, they've got the money and then it just starts to run out as you buy boats and, you know, islands and houses and fly private <laughs> jets and all that stuff. Like you can burn through money pretty quick. And that kind of goes back to what I was mentioning about the, the first option, the $1 million. Unless you've dealt with, you know, larger amounts of money, you, you tend to think that uh, that money is limitless and it's not. So unless you come to it with a framework of having your money work for you versus, you know, just money being something that you continuously spend to amass stuff, um, then you're going to go broke whether you've got a million dollars or you got $2 million or $200 million, sorry. 100%. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of, of valid points there. Yeah. Yep. Truth. So what's, what's your, what, now, what's your from, take on that, Darren? See, now that my, my take is this was the option that I picked. Oh, you and, hypocrite. Yeah. You guys made valid points, but for me, it comes down to, uh, it goes back to something that Akil, you said when we were talking about the $1 million option and also something that Greystone said as well. Um, Akil, you mentioned that you had a very specific plan, right, with real estate, and you had mm-hmm. certain goals, and you knew exactly what it was going to take to accomplish those, right? And in your in that instance, for those goals, you knew that a million dollars would get you where you needed to be. Uh, Graystone, you mentioned that um, you even questioned, hey, is it potentially selfish of you to take the one million dollars? Because think about all the all the good that you could do. Yeah. Um, by having more. Think about what you could do for your friends, for your family, um, for the people around you. And it was those two things, um, you know, those were those two reasons as to why I picked the 200 million option. And it's because I've got a very specific plan of what I want to do with my life. My, my, my personal long-term goal is to live as a philanthropist mm-hmm. and just be able to identify people uh, businesses, organizations, things that I believe in, and then be able to donate my time, my knowledge, my experience, and my money to support those causes. And so I see the $200 million as a, a huge opportunity to do good mm-hmm. for not only myself and my family, but my friends, those yeah. people in my community, organizations that I'm connected with, uh, charities that I'm involved with, those types of things. So I see it as, I, I would almost feel a sense of duty or obligation to take that 50% risk yeah. um, because of what could come of it. Now, if I took the 1 million, yeah, I might be able to change my life for a little bit, or I might be able to help out a couple of people. Um, but I see the $200 million as, you know, real life changing money. And so uh, with, with the chance of a coin flip, I'd say, you know, well, you know, give me the, give me the quarter, let's flip it. Um, and, and I came to that decision within like four seconds of hearing all the options. Like I was immediately there because I had a very specific plan. I, you know, it's something that I've been wanting to do um, all my life. And that, that doesn't mean that you can only do philanthropy or you can give to charities if you have $200 million. It's just I've looked at some of the things that I envision being able to do, and that would definitely allow me to do them. Whereas the other options here, um, they, might, they might change my own life uh, for, for a temporary amount of time, uh, but it wouldn't really allow me to accomplish my lifelong goals. Uh, whereas the, the, the third option, the $200 million would. So, yeah, and that's, and that's big. And this, this is what I personally thought was the best choice. Um, the one that I would usually go with, cause I'm, I'm typically one, one of the things that Darren said that you guys listening really need to think about is, um, 200 million is life changing. And I, it depends on your situation, obviously, but for most 200 million is life changing in comparison to a million. Um, a million dollars won't really, again, it depends on your situation, um, but it, it doesn't change your life for that much long. 
longer. Two million, 200 million allows you to do so much more outside of your own life and affect others. And I, I think that's big. And I know me personally, right, um, I, I'm, I'm a risky investor. Um, it doesn't seem like that in the markets, obviously. I, I, that, that's, it's a business. It's a little bit different. But when it comes to investments, my investment portfolio, even when it comes to stuff like gambling, going to the casino, um, I will take the big risk um, for the big reward, especially when the risk isn't that much. And in, in this case, for me, I'm in no different situation. Again, we, we, opportunity cost does exist. We don't want to ignore that. Um, but I'm in no worse situation, let's put it that way. I'm in no worse situation if I lose the coin flip, or I'm in a much better situation if I win the coin flip. And again, it's 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 difficult. There is that risk there. And and this one had this was the one that had with the the first group I, I polled, 12%, and ended up jumping to 28%. Now I think it ended up jumping to 28% because people started getting tricky. They started saying yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Peter Brandt uh, weighed in, who's a phenomenal trader. He's one of the traders that I look up to, and, and he got real smart with it and was like, I would, I would, I would take that, that 50% chance, and I would sell that 50% chance for this much, and then take that much and invest it in this. And, and you know, we're, we're going to try and keep things simple, um, simple and basic. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I, like what, I like what both of you guys say, uh, said. I, I like the point that we all have bigger goals. We all have life-changing goals for other people. Right? The goal isn't just to make ourselves rich and, and wealthy and, and live on an island. It's to create a legacy. It's yeah. to, have, to create some type of lasting effect when we pass and hopefully in, 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 in instill those characteristics with our children so that they can continue our efforts. And so I like that part about we're all big on charity, being able to donate to multiple charities, the, the, uh, uh, an amount that will change, um, that will help them out. And I also understand what, what Jason is saying about most people will just blow that money as well. I mean, 200 million is going to go quicker than you know it, know it as well. And if, if, if you're not, if you don't have a plan, I, I, that's got to be the theme of this whole entire episode, right? You have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, it will do you no good. Whether it's the million dollars, whether it's the 200 million dollars, whether it's the the three years, right? If you don't have a plan, it'll do you no good, and you might even put yourself in a worse situation um, due to some of the repercussions that come with, um, you know, obtaining that type of wealth so quickly. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you said that because as you were talking, I was kind of thinking through an idea, and I, I had seen a couple of people that had posted that idea of of uh, selling the the fifty percent chance of two hundred million for a certain amount of money. Um, and I know we're trying to keep it simple for discussion purposes, but I think that illustrates that that thought process that illustrates what we've been talking about mm -hmm. is that you plan and you prepare so that when an opportunity presents itself, you're ready to take advantage of it. Yep. And so these people were thinking about it opportunistically. And I, I would argue that that's what Bezos would tell you is yep. how he had his success is that he, he did the work, he had a plan. And then when life presented him with an opportunity, he was willing to take a risk and go for it. And he, he had the, the, he had done the footwork that, that would support being able to go that direction. And so although we, were, we are trying to keep it simple for discussion purposes, I like the idea that people were kind of thinking outside the box a bit. And I think ultimately that's why we do these kind of thought experiments is so that we can kind of stretch our mind and, and kind of look at things from a different perspective um, and then try to use that perspective that we achieve in our real life scenarios. So 
Yeah, well, just the, and, and this is the Trading Coach podcast, so to, to make it trading related, you know, for you guys that follow uh, Jason and myself and see our analysis, right, and we happen to be in, in the dog days of summer right now, so the markets are always slow. But one thing that we've always preached is, is what? You, you just need to, you, you always need to be prepared, right? And, and, and we train our eyes. We do the same process when we look at a chart each and every day. We go through X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And in the summer, we, we may go through weeks where we never get a trading opportunity. But we have to show but, up. Exactly. We have to show up. And there's that one day. You caught one a couple weeks ago. I, I forgot what pair it was. It might have been the pound dollar. You caught almost a 200 pip drop. Yeah. Right. And did he do, did Jason do anything special on this particular trade? No, he was just prepared when the moment came, right? He, he prepared himself. This is the same thing with luck, right? He, he prepared himself. That moment happened to come. When that moment co uh, came, because he was prepared, he was able to take advantage of it. And because he took advantage of it, he made a lot of flipping money on that day. And then he went back to doing nothing, right? No trades for another week after that. So like you said, it's you prepare yourself for the situation, even when the situation looks dim. Even if you're telling yourself, man, I would never have a chance to spend three years with this person. Man, I would never just get a million bucks handed to me. Well, what, if, what, if you, what, if, what if you happen to win a lottery? Now, God forbid, what if someone happens to pass and leave you some money? And now you are in that situation. Are you ready to deal with it? Yeah. And, I, and, and you have to be, you know, just like um, you have to be prepared, just like uh, if you want to go into a little bit, Jason, about what you're, you're teaching your son about the hand-to-hand -hand combat and taking knives. To, um, yeah, yeah to, absolutely. I think it's a really nice theme to this podcast, you know, have, just being prepared for when that opportunity comes and thinking outside the box, thinking about opportunities. Now, this is a bit of a, 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 a grim side of it, but <laughs> something we're to, <laughs> I've been practicing crab for about four or five years and my son started it this year. Can you, can and, you explain what that is for our audience that may right, not be Okay, familiar? yeah. Krav Maga is an Israeli martial art. It's an urban sort of easy to, easy to learn and very, very maximum output martial art. It was taught by the Israelis in the war um, as a quick self-defense mechanism that they could use or anyone could pick up and learn. But it's now become urban and more street, and my son does it with me. And, uh, you know, we, we learn... We learn to um, deal with knife attacks and bottles and bats and all the rest of it. And one thing that we do in the classroom is when we are doing the knife attacks in practice, um, we're never allowed to hand, when it's the other person's turn, we're never allowed to hand the knife back to the person because if you're practicing that, the chances of the probability that you're going to hand it back to the attacker in the street just out of habit uh, raises by about 80%, believe it or not. So mm -hmm. what we're doing by practicing that is preparing for if that did ever happen in the street, we're going to be ready. Now, none of, no one ever wants that to happen. This is the complete opposite end of the scale. But the point is, if something does happen and we have to use that, that skill and, and, and fire up those habits, then it's there. And I would go back to trading as well, Akil. There's how many people moan about not having enough starting capital, right? And, and I mean, it's got to be a big, big percentage of traders. But the problem is they don't see that it's so easy to attract some money from investment. All they have to do is put in the works. If, if, you, if you're going around just talking about it and not putting in the work and not demonstrating your results, not taking it seriously, not sort of 
um, you know, transparently showing that you're treating it as a business and you're taking it seriously, you're wasting time because if you do want to attract investment, well, guess what? If you do take it seriously and you're, you've documented all that stuff, you've journaled, you've got a business plan, a trade plan, and someone comes to you and says, hey, uh, you're a trader, I want to throw you some money, um, but I want to see what you've got. You know, I want to see what, if you can show them all of that stuff uh, against someone who's got nothing and has just been complaining for two years, well, guess who I'm going to throw my money with? I'm going to throw my money with someone who's, got his, who's ready for the opportunity. Yeah, and, and it goes back to even, we both talked about uh, the latte factor a lot where, um, to really simplify, basically, you know, you, you keep track of what you're spending throughout the week, throughout the month, and you see what, what can you cut out and how much can you save. And going back to the, the, the trader or prospective trader that complains, oh, well, why should I learn how to trade? I don't have any money to start account. Well, you, know, you, you, you perform that latte factor kind of experiment. You see how much you can save per month. And you may find out, okay, well, if I just save this much per month for two years, I can save whatever thousand dollars, let's say $5,000, right? Yeah. If you spent, if you, so you have a goal, you have an end game. In two years, I can fund a $5,000 account, right? So now you have two years to prepare. And yeah. if and, and and we've seen people like this. A good uh, Philip Stewart is a, a good example. Um, we've seen people who have taken that investment. They say, okay, well, I can't trade for two years, but I'm just going to work on it, work on it, work on it, work on it. And when that two years has ended, they have a skill. They now have the capital to fund that account, and they can get right into being consistently profitable. Where you know, on the other hand, if if you just you know dilly dallied for two years and that you still saved your money, now you're going to start up trading, you're going to blow an account, and now you got to wait another two years to get funded. So you you prepare yourself for the opportunity. Absolutely, just like a professional athlete. Um, you know, right now it's it's training camp for the NFL, American football, and a lot of players get injured. And there was a, a former player on TV the other day saying, "These are the moments where professional careers are made because there's some backup somewhere." that didn't get drafted, that just walked on, they gave him a uniform because they needed a body. And someone ahead of him got injured. He was prepared for the moment. He showed his coach that he could perform, and now he got an NFL contract. Just be prepared. Yep. All right, so let's, let's just go to the, the last one now. Um, man, we're, we're making this podcast a lot longer than I expected, but it's, it's full of so much valuable information, so I, I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. The last one coming in at 25%, um, was travel. This was a uh, free travel, I believe. Free travel, and we're going to look at travel as what planes and, and housing or, or transportation and housing. Free travel for the rest of your life. Um, and if you guys want to, you, you already know our choices by now. So none of us chose this one. <laughs> but my, my business partner did. My good friend and my business partner, he chose travel. And I guess I'll start off. I'll tell you this. This was last on my list, and. It's mainly because I just, it's just a personal value. I've seen people typing out there, well, how can you turn down free travel for the rest of your life? How can you not want to see the world and do this? And it's not that I don't want to see the world. I, I enjoy traveling. Um, but at this particular time in my life, I'm not in the position to be a globetrotter, uh, nor would I want to be. Um, so I just, I don't value it as much as the chance at 200 million, the, the million dollars, the, the three years of mentorship. It's just, it's just last in the line of, of what I value. Um, yeah, because I, gotta, I can, 
you got to think that those people that chose travel don't have like toddlers because yeah. as parents of young kids, uh, the idea of traveling across the world with a three-year-old and a newborn, it doesn't sound that appealing. Well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we've got the Royal Ball kicking off in December. And that's right. That's right. I've been doing the plans for it. And it's like, at first, me and my wife had talked about it and we're like, yeah, this is just going to be, you know, for the two of us. And they're like, well, we're going to be leaving the kids for a long time. Maybe it'd be a good opportunity. So we're going to bring them along, but I'm not going to lie. I'm, uh, I'm dreading that, that overnight <laughs> flight this being their first flight and it being an international one, it's, uh, it's going to be tough, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was considering going the private jet route just so I didn't, uh, just so I didn't mm -hmm. piss off the rest of <laughs> Yeah. Just going to get on the plane and apologize to everybody on board right at the beginning. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk with the doc and see if they've got like a, a, a toddler ambient or something like that, oh. that I can slip in their juice box and get on board. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's, it's situational. And, and I know, again, my, my, my business partner, my good friend, um, he was one that chose it, but I know him and his family really closely. Him and his family, they've got this awesome story. This guy's got like seven kids um, and just like straight up, just he was disrespected at his job and just straight up quit and said, I'm tired of working with someone else. I'm going to do it myself. And I'm like, you sure with seven kids? It's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And he just did it. And he's become very successful, ultimate entrepreneur story. Um, but he's, and he's got seven kids. So he's finally at the point in his life where he can seven. do stuff. He, I think he's got six, but they always have like um, exchange students. So there's always like two exchange students hanging around from somewhere. He had some guy, Nacho, from Spain for like a year. And, and like, I didn't, even, I didn't even notice him. I just thought he was one or the other. Um, but he's, he's finally at the point where he's like, look, I, I haven't had free time for the last like, 13 years of my life, or his, his oldest daughter's 18. The last 18 years of my life, I haven't had any free time. Jeez. So he values that chance of like getting out there and seeing the world. And his mm -hmm. kids are at the age where he can show them the world. He doesn't worry about kind of them burning the plane down. So I can, I can certainly see how people value that. And, and, you know, even for someone kind of like your dad, Darren, who maybe is, is on the later half of their life and maybe they've achieved a good amount already. And, Maybe one of their goals for their entire lifetime was just, hey, I just want to relax and travel. Sure, I can yeah. certainly see how that's worth more than the million dollars, more than the three years of mentorship, more than the, the 200 million. You, just, you want to do something that just makes you happy at the end of the day. So I, I certainly, even though it's not my personal choice, I, I value it last. A lot of it has to do with my situation where I'm at right now. And if you were to ask me, you know, 30 years from now, I, I may have a different answer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I would agree. I, we, I think we kind of came to that when we started, you know, texting back and forth in our initial discussion. Is we realized that a lot of this is really situational, and you know where we're at in our life at this moment. Because, you know, I, I initially chose the fifty percent chance at two hundred million, but I got to tell you, if I found out today that my kid needed a a, a life saving surgical procedure, and the only way to get it was to come up with seven hundred and fifty grand by tomorrow then you better believe I'm going to take the sure deal and take the cash, you know? And so, um, and again, you know, I, I, I talked about, uh, you know, geography and how there are, you know, United States has more millionaires than any other place in the world. And so to me, that seems like a, a more attainable than it would to somebody who, you know, grows up in you know, Zimbabwe or something like that. And they don't have access to the type of resources or, or, you know, training or anything like that, that, that we've become accustomed to here in the United States. So I can see how all of those different factors would affect the way that you approach this, this question. 
Yeah. Um, should I give my two pence? Yeah, go, go ahead. Of course. <laughs> uh, the, the, the reason, I mean, I just saw all of the options and this was the one that I would take least purely because um, one, the world we live in now, it's so well connected. I mean, there's, there's less of a, of an urgent, like an urge to go away, uh, to, to visit different people, different family, you're connected with people. Um, the other thing is, you know, because we're so connected, like us guys, we're running a, a global business here. We've got, you know, people in the UK, people in the U S uh, there's so many expenses that you can put under, Mm-hmm. business expense right so you can lose some of that stuff which which reduces the cost again if you're wisely spending your money you can rack up air miles and then you can get free air miles so you know a lot of my travel is free anyway and secondly if you ha- even if you took the million dollars not the 200 million but the million and you're spending 10% of that on um you know fun or self development well that's what well, that's that's a 100 grand uh, mm-hmm. You're probably not going to spend the hundred grand on travel per year, so it's pretty much covered in that as well, anyway. So it's covered in your normal lifestyle. So for me, it's it's just uh, it's something that I wouldn't have chose over the others for them reasons. Yeah, you just see travel as something. The, the travel option is being the most easy to obtain on your own, you know, without any any yeah, help. Absolutely. Um, and the you know, the truth is, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but once you've seen one white sand beach, you've kind of seen them all. Um, yeah. so yeah, how much travel can you really do in a lifetime? Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just not well traveled <laughs> and so I don't appreciate it as much as somebody else would, but that was kind of my thought process on it. <laughs> when you come to London, I'm going to throw you in the Thames. I mean, come on, man. I've seen America. What else do I need to do? <laughs> hey, look, if you've been to Las Vegas, that's basically, they got an Eiffel Tower. Yeah, dude, right. I can see it all like right there in that one city. <laughs> That's what yeah. Google searches are for, too. Right? Exactly. <laughs> since, since they made 3D versions of Google Earth, I just feel like I don't need to go anywhere. <laughs> Here we go. Let's offend, uh, <clears throat> let's offend all the people that chose that. Mm-hmm. Perfect way. So we're running long here. Um, any other thing that you guys want to touch on before we leave? I, I, think it, I think it was a brilliant conversation. I know that my eyes have been opened a lot. This for you guys that are listening. We we didn't pre-discuss this, so we didn't sit down and kind of talk about, hey, here's how I feel. Here's this. Here's that. Um, so this is the first time that we've actually heard um, each other's opinions, and I think it was cool that we all chose different answers and, and kind of shared our values. And if there's something that you valued out of this, or if, if there's a question that you had or a comment, you know, feel free to. If you're listening to this on YouTube, just leave a comment underneath the, uh, the video. If you're listening to this on wherever, just hit us up on social media. And you know, we'd love to have the conversation. The, I think when you have conversations like this, and you can see how it takes us, or it takes us down so many different paths that we all just get smarter. Yeah. We all just become more educated. We all just become more well-rounded. And I think it's very important as a person, as a friend, as a business owner, that we may not always agree with with each other or everything we hear, but I think it's important to learn how to listen and just take time to just understand the different perspectives that people have. And, and that's that's the value that I got out, out of this conversation, guys. I don't know about you. Absolutely. Well rounded. That was a great word. Well rounded. That's a that's a well, I have to say, yeah, one last thing is that I was very surprised that the three of us all came at this with with different answers. But after we got done talking, I realized that we were all connected by one common theme, which was having a plan. 
um, each one of us saw that you know our individual option as the necessary component to achieve the plan that we've already had in place. So I would say if you're a listener to the show, um, try to define what your plan is. If you don't have one, take time. You know, sit down, really think it through. Talk with you know your family or your friends, your significant other, and write down your goals. Put it on paper. And then once you have a, a clear vision of what you're wanting to do, start to take action. Um, because like, you know, Greystone said, you might be able to hang out with the, the richest person in the world and they might give you a lot of information. But if you don't take action on it, if you don't put it in, into practice, then you're never going to reach those goals. So I would say uh, definitely, definitely plan and then start moving. So I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. How can you not? I'll tell you what, I left that meeting more fired up than I've been in a while. And that's the key. When, when you involve yourself in partnerships or, or when you just involve yourself in a community, you want to put yourself around people that are just as motivated or even more motivated than you. And what I mean by that is every time you leave the community chat, every time you leave a meeting, every time you, you leave a phone call, whatever it may be, you want to leave fired up. You want to leave ready to get at it, ready to, to, to take some massive action. And when you just put yourself in that type of situation on a routine basis, that's when amazing things happen. That's when those gears in the brain start turning and ideas start popping up. And it doesn't matter how many bad ideas you have, guys. You can have a thousand bad ideas. All it takes is one good one for you to get on the road to success. Now, before I let you guys go, I need you to do this. If you found this podcast to be helpful, I need you to do three things. I need you to hit that like button if you're watching this on YouTube or any other podcasting app where it allows you to hit a like button. I need you to leave me a comment. Let me know what you thought. Your feedback is very important. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have these topics and we wouldn't be impacting so many people. And I need you to share it. This is the most important thing. I need you to share it. Don't be selfish, right? As you heard in the podcast, our goal is not to just bring riches, bring wealth to ourselves. Our goal is to really change the perspective, really change the world. And right now, the way of doing that is by empowering others. If we can all get on the right track, we can all start controlling our finances. We can all start controlling our future and we can all start controlling our life. So share this podcast that you th- uh, with someone that you think would uh, make good use of it and share this podcast with someone else who has the complete opposite mindset and see if you can maybe just sneak a new idea, a new thought into their mind, which may set them on a different path for the future. If you guys can do that, I will be back next week with more episodes of the Trading Coach Podcast. I love you guys. I'm fired up if you can't tell. And until next time, plan your trade, trade your plan, go and be successful.